Trails are connectors. They guide us from one place to another, but the path is rarely linear. And the movement is less about the destination and more about the connections we make along the way, with the land, with each other, and with ourselves. The Appalachian Trail winds 2,190 miles up the eastern spine of the United States. Though connected in 1937, the trail, the people who walk it, the animals who call it home, and the landscape it follows are ever-evolving. Where We Walk is a special six-part series made in collaboration with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy with support from REI that explores the women who help make the trail what it is today and those who will help shape its future. I think with volunteering, especially on the AT, it's about giving and going out on the trail and really like creating an experience for someone else. Going into it knowing that doesn't matter how many miles you put into it, like you're wanting to protect the space as well. And so you should be able to walk into those spaces not feeling or doubting that just because you're not a through hiker that you're not able to be here. You're leaving your footprint in a different way. Because sometimes you get on the trail and you're like, man, this is grown out. Like something needs to be done here. How can I get involved so that this space still looks beautiful for me and my friends and my family and I can keep this legacy going? Just walking away, leaving a stepping stone for someone else to take over. And you can say being happy that, you know, I was able to place that stepping stone for someone else. I'm Laura Borshevsky. And in this final episode of the Where We Walk miniseries, Gail Straub, host of She Explores and co-host for this series, is going to join me as we take a look at volunteering by hearing from two individuals who have had a big hand in positions for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, Michaela Williams and Brittany Levitt, whose voices you just heard. What we learned from Brittany and Michaela both, and something we're hoping you leave this episode with as well, is something incredibly beautiful that felt full circle to the purpose of this series that we are all a part of the past, present, and futures of the lands and trails we love. And it's when we get involved and actively contribute to protecting and keeping these spaces healthy for everyone that we're able to honor the people who came before us, who stand by us now, and who will walk these trails in the years to come. While there are so many ways to contribute to the health of outdoor spaces, volunteering is one that can provide so much more than meets the eye. Brittany and Michaela say it best, but as you'll hear, Volunteering is a way we build paths, not just through the physical act, but also by building connections, exposing ourselves to new experiences, taking on leadership roles, and utilizing our time as volunteers to create pathways for others, recreationalists, stewards, and community members alike. Brittany Levitt wears many hats in outdoor leadership spaces. For years, she's shown up with passion for teaching others how to enjoy the outdoors, while also focusing on clearing pathways for the Black, Indigenous, and People of Color community. This has led to working with organizations like Outdoor Afro, Brown Girls Climb, REI, and of course, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, both in her career as well as in volunteer roles. And as you'll hear from Brittany, anyone can volunteer, even if it takes time to refine how and where you choose to show up. In this conversation, she starts us off by talking about how she developed a relationship with the Appalachian Trail to begin with. I learned about the AT around 2008. And of course, this was during the time with reading A Walk in the Woods, which I feel like everyone has some point, if you're someone that does long trails, you end up reading that book. And that 
also kind of gave me the insight of like, this is, seems like a really cool thing to do because at the time I was mainly a camper and mainly a car camper. And I wanted to learn more about just doing the trail. So learning how close the trail was to our home, even the Maryland, Virginia section, to me was like so interesting and I wanted to hop on. Was it easy for me to hop on the trail? No, I had to convince my friends to take me. It took a lot of convincing. And my first experience of doing just section hiking was kind of a complete disaster, but in a beautiful way. You know, it rained. I forgot to pack enough food. I did not have proper gear. And in the end of it, I just even fell in love with it more. And I wanted to learn more about how the trail came to be. How do you work along the trail? How does it get supported? So from there, I was able to learn about what trail crews are and how they're hosted along the trails and what you're able to do with them. Was there a certain point that you learned, like you're like, along the way, I learned about trail crews. Was there a certain like person or experience or observation that got you more familiar with that? My friend actually reached out to me about a trail crew called Conorock Trail Crew that's in Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia, like right at the bottom. And she was like, yeah, I just want to go work on the trail crew for a week. Do you want to join? And so I was like, yeah, I have nothing else to do. I'd love to learn how trails are created, especially through ATC. A lot of my information is just being able to get connected with friends who either already have a background with working with Appalachian Trail and or are just hikers that want to give back to the trail. What's interesting, I don't think most people realize like how, I don't think the Appalachian Trail is it's in its original line because it gets moved around so often due to protecting hikers from like crossing major highways and or just supporting heavy use and erosion and things like that. So being able to work on projects where we pretty much got to redirect the trail to keep hikers safe was really, really cool. And I got to be part of the trail crew. Then it was 2012 was when my first time being part of a trail crew and like learning the dynamics of folks who join. So you have, it's a very intergenerational place. You have old school hikers, folks who maybe are just section hiking and hopping on the trail crews, or maybe it's just for folks who are in the conservation world wanting to just support their local community space as the trail runs along their town or area and just wanting to create that support in kind of like that outside community. I love the way that you describe that. And I think it's like so important for us to continue being connected to folks from like all different backgrounds and identities so that we can further learn more about how the outdoors impacts us all and how we all see that. And I guess in that, I'm curious to know, how would you describe your volunteering role with the ATC? And also recognizing that you've probably, like you said, have been volunteering. And I know you have a lot of different roles in a lot of different places when it comes to the outdoors. Um, But with your volunteering roles, yeah. (laughs) Right. What does that all look like for you? Yeah. So, in 2017, I actually got to take on a, I consider a, bitter, a very major role as being part of the Next Gen Board, which is an advisory council to the Appalachian Trail board members and the community. And this is a kind of a council that runs between 18 to 35 year olds. And it's really just bringing folks together who want to really showcase how we can bring the AT in a wider range and showcase the many uses of the trail and also really connect the history along the trail. And I think that's so important because especially the Appalachian Trail runs from the south all the way to northeast. And there's just so much history that is in Black, Indigenous communities that often doesn't get talked about. More or less, 
it's always like civil war history, but really focusing on our history and how we have that connection to that land and those spaces, I think is really important. And that was something that was really engaging for me to not only learn more about, but figure out how we can do so in a way that is more connectable. My year was like the year that we started working with the idea of creating affinity groups that can work along the trail and learn about the trail together. So even the affinity groups, you know, from the Tito Infinity Goose, but also thinking about veterans. And so really kind of expanding what that term is in a broader range, because oftentimes people just focus it on identity, but not also as experience as well. So we wanted to make sure kind of grabbing the full um, umbrella effect, but then also learning about how the trail and learning the ways of protection, what's going on in like the government. And that was my first time actually learning about like hike the hill and learning how we are able to have that connection talking with legislators about what's going on and not only our trails but along the long trails across america because of course we're one of the top three well known but there's just so many that folks maybe haven't learned about or gotten connected to and so building that pathway and connection as well you know you've had and have so many different roles as both volunteer and you know employed leader and just a leader in general in like the outdoors community and like you said especially within affinity group spaces what made you decide to volunteer with the ATC especially given everything else that you are doing <laughs> in all reality like i have had the passion to through hike the trail since I've learned about it. And I think for me, this was a way of like really getting connected and understanding the trail, quote unquote, behind the scenes in my mind. But I think one of the biggest things was I actually got to create a backpacking trip with Outdoor Afro. And what we did was we actually retraced sections of the Maryland Trail in honor of Harriet Tubman and learning about how she used those mountain ways to head north. And so for me, it was one of those things of like, how can I bring a tool that I know that the ATC may not have thought about or maybe a different perspective into the volunteering space? So for me, wanting to be part of the hiking community and backpacking community, and then just also bridging what I've already been doing with other organizations of connecting history and showcasing like how much we do have space in these organizations, whether we see it or not, were kind of my uh, connecting points to it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, going further with what you said, I think what a lot of folks don't consider maybe when they're thinking about doing volunteer work is that, yeah, you can bring your own knowledge, skills and passion into it and really, you know, either further, you know, your own purpose, like in the name of volunteering with organizations or help those organizations further their purpose as well. And so, yeah, like the example about, you know, creating the backpacking trip, retracing some of those steps um, or what, what we know about some of those steps is really just, I think, such a beautiful example of that, of like continuing the work that you want to do as a volunteer um, instead of just saying, oh, this is a position they want. I'm going to fill that role, taking it and making it your own. Yeah, yeah. And not to say like that was a bright light that happened right away. It was something that I learned over time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) How do you feel after volunteering? Whether I've done a long-term or short-term like volunteer position, I always feel hopeful that maybe someone in our generation or generation before has seen like my face and position, like a black woman in the space means like I have a chance to be in this space and have my voice heard and make those changes or 
I wanted to bring my family out to these spaces. And now I feel comfortable and safe to know that there are others out there and I'm not the only one. And so really just giving that image of like, we're able to take up these spaces too. And that even if you want to, and you're afraid to, that you have support backing you up no matter what. Just walking away, leaving a stepping stone for someone else to take over. And you can say being happy that, you know, I was able to place that stepping stone for someone else. And, you know, it's going to continue happening. They'll create that space and place down a stepping stone for someone else. That's a beautiful metaphor and analogy. I, I think that, that that summarizes it really well. And I guess in, in the same token, you know, for people who are thinking about volunteering or who, you know, are aware of like such volunteer positions in the outdoors, whether they're interested in them or not, or feel like they're attainable for them or not, what do you wish more people knew about volunteering for the trails and lands that they love or live near? These trail crews are changing and not to say that they have always been open, but recognizing that our communities and outdoor communities are shifting who is the main image we see in the outdoors. So oftentimes these trail crews were, you know, created by white men and these spaces were occupied by white men and or women or any other folks. I mean, I was the only black person on my trail crew. And so I think recognizing that most of the time, most of these trail crews are actually taking into the times of like, who is getting on these trails now? And like, how can we make sure that we're creating a space of understanding and our protection for folks who want to be a part of it? Not to say that everyone is perfect, everyone makes mistakes and learning on the way, but I think something that I have noticed in that community is like really acknowledging like who has privilege in these communities and like how can we open up to understanding folks' different perspective connecting to the trails. So, you know, oftentimes trail crews have folks who've hiked the whole trail, but really recognizing that folks do want to take care of this trail, whether they use it for daytime use or whether it's weekend or whether they're section hikers. So I think going into it, knowing that doesn't matter how many miles you put into it, like you're wanting to protect this space as well. And so you should be able to walk into those spaces, not feeling or doubting that just because you're not a through hiker, that you're not able to be here. And also recognizing like that in our communities, we have those connections to the lands and the waterways. And we want to make sure that they stay protected and being able to be part of those spaces too. And taking up that space is important. And so raising your own voice and telling your own story, whether it's your personal story, your ancestor's story, your community story, and and allowing the trail crews know like what this space means to you, I think is really important. Mm, yeah. It's such a deep topic and it's so profound. And also like I don't think a lot of people consider the like everything that you just said about the importance of representation and volunteering. I don't think a lot of people think about that. At least I know that like sitting here with white privilege like I haven't thought much about that other than the fact that representation in all spaces and creating safer and more inclusive spaces everywhere is important but the relevance to who's helping on volunteer teams to take care of those lands is just as important as any other position when it comes to the outdoors or anywhere yeah and I think also thinking about volunteering doesn't always have to mean being on the trails too. There are spaces that you can, whether it's being on the board or wanting, if you're someone that's a program creator, like recognizing how you can get connected to the ATC and work on creating programs and bringing your community out. So there's many different ways of volunteering. And I always try not to like promote, well, I do promote trail work, but I also try to recognize that oftentimes folks when they see big groups 
of people, that's the number one go-to thing is like, oh yeah, let's have you go clean up this trail. But the biggest thing of being reminded is like, has this community actually used this trail? Have they gotten connected to this land? Do they understand this space? If not, you're just making them do labor for an area that they have no connection with. And so that's something big to recognize as trail crews. It's like as people wanting to bring so many folks into the outdoors, recognizing like trail crews is one thing, but there's also other ways of like connecting through storytelling, connecting through day hikes, connecting to just building and learning what's around before just going to the number one source of like, we're going to have you rebuild this trail because... In a sense, like historically, that's oftentimes what happens in, especially in Black communities. You don't get to enjoy the space, you get to clean up the space. And so really kind of knocking that notion down first by like, let's connect and enjoy this space as a community before we just take on cleaning it up for someone else. As Brittany mentioned throughout this conversation, when it comes to volunteering outdoors, accessing these natural spaces is the first place to start. And while there are many different ways to volunteer in support of the lands we love without going outside, for those who might want to get into trail work or other in-the-field conservation volunteering but feel like they might not have the gear or fit the mold when it comes to being quote-unquote outdoorsy, Brittany has some thoughts on that. And it just might encourage you to get outside where you're already at with what you already have. When we think about trails, we think about long trails, it is expensive, you know, (laughs) doing the full Atlanta Trail is expensive. And like, if you want to do a weekend backpacking trip, it can be expensive if you don't have the proper backpack and boots and trekking poles. And I think really figuring out how we can support folks who want to do this, but then also how can we support folks who just want to like touch the trail? I always tell people when I'm leading hiking events and they tell me that they don't have the gear, I'm like, do you have sturdy boots or shoes? Do you have sport attire, yoga pants, shorts? Do you have a water bottle and a backpack and some snacks? That's like the first step you need to have hopping on the trail. And then later on, you can go gear heavy with it all. But I think that can be intimidating to folks. It's like they want to explore, but they feel like they're not able to because social media is a bubble. So what you see online is like, oh, that's the only way you can like hop on and or participate in some of these activities. But in reality, it just takes joining affinity groups and and hiking groups and or just finding support of like what you have already at home. And that's something that I've been working on for a while is just like breaking down the idea that you have to have all this fancy stuff to be outdoorsy. And what's really cool is just seeing how everyone is redefining that term and idea of who is and what does being outdoorsy look like. In redefining outdoorsy, we also find ourselves looking to the outdoor spaces we spend time in. And another aspect of volunteering in the outdoors we haven't covered in this episode is farming, especially locally. Michaela Williams, whose voice you heard at the top of this episode, has a lot of experience in the outdoors and has evolved her internships and volunteer experiences into a career she loves, which, like Brittany, includes volunteer roles with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, as well as a job within the Forest Service and, as you'll hear, co-founding and running a nonprofit called Black to Earth. As with many of us, Michaela didn't start off spending time in the outdoors, so she begins our conversation by sharing how she developed a love for environmental work and the Appalachian Trail. I grew up in Georgia with my mom and dad, my sister and my brother. I wasn't really into the outdoors, and now that I'm older and I realize my relationship to the outdoors, I think I had more of a relationship than I thought I did. 
just because of the sports that I played, right, like soccer and cheerleading, those sports were happening outdoors. And at the time when I was a kid, I really liked the camaraderie and I wasn't appreciating the space that I was in. And so now that I'm older, I'm like, maybe I was just, I was always connected, but I never realized it because there were other things that were priority. But yeah, growing up for fun, going outdoors was not it. It was more so like sitting inside, playing video games, watching anime, ended up going to college at Georgia State University, studying economics and marketing and studied abroad, got to learn about policies in different countries, came back and knew I wanted to work with nonprofits. But it was kind of difficult for me to find a job after college because nobody's really hiring an economist with an undergraduate degree. So I got an email from Greening Youth Foundation, which is an amazing organization founded by this woman named Anjali and her husband, James. And they help black and brown people get positions with government agencies like Forest Service and BLM and Park Service. And I got an opportunity to intern on the Chattahoochee Oconee National Forest. And that's where my connection with the AT came in. I was the partnership coordinator for the Georgia Mountain Children's Force Network. So I was working with ATC, Greeny Youth Foundation, Georgia Education Research Center, and we were putting together events for kids from the inner cities, from Atlanta. It just was amazing to be able to host events and provide these experiences to folks who were like me. Like, we just didn't realize that we had a relationship with the outdoors, with nature, or that it wasn't a priority for us, or some people who just don't even have that connection and have no interest in making one, right? So sparking that interest, bringing that opportunity, it was amazing. And from there, I just wanted to do more with ATC because I really liked Julie Judkins. I really liked her mission and the energy that she brought to the work that we were doing. So from there, I just started volunteering and became a member of the Next Generation Advisory Council for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. I really love what you said in drawing that full circle connection between your experience growing up and, you know, not accessing the outdoors that often as a kid and then turning around and volunteering and being a part of programs that were in service of helping to get kids outside. That sounds super meaningful. Yeah, it was something I never saw myself doing. I never saw Black women in national forests or national parks. I didn't see them as rangers. I didn't even know what a ranger was, right? It wasn't anything that I thought was possible. And so to be able to have the opportunity and be able to help kids that grew up in areas that I have family members that that I visited often, that I would stay there for long periods of time, like that it was my second home. So being able to help kids in those areas who had the same experience that I had, get this brand new experience, this whole new fresh breath of air, it was amazing. And that work snowballed into what I'm doing now. I'm a co-founder of this nonprofit called Black to Earth, and we go and volunteer at Black-owned farms. Understanding that when you touch a piece of land, you always leave a carbon footprint. And yeah, like you enjoyed it, but you want other people to enjoy it. You want your kids to enjoy it. You want the community to enjoy it. So I'm just really big on volunteering and giving back and stewarding and loving on the land that you recreate on consistently because you want everybody to get that experience. At least that's how I think anyway. Black to Earth officially got its start just over one year ago. And with Michaela's experience and passion for the outdoors and connecting folks to the land, it wasn't long before things started taking shape. Me and my boyfriend had an interest. We wanted to learn more about the Black farms here in Atlanta and how many Black farms we have. 
we're not experts. We don't grow vegetables and fruit trees and all these amazing things out of containers and boxes. Like we don't do any of that, but we wanted to get more involved in it and we wanted to learn more about it. So we got in contact with a farmer named Chris Lemons. He's an amazing farmer. And he's one of the founders of a farm called Gratitude Botanical Farms. It's him and Desmond Baker. And we just got in contact with Chris and we were like, hey, can we host a volunteer day? And he was like, a volunteer day? Like, I host volunteer days. And I was like, yeah, but I know people. So let me bring my people to your volunteer day and like, let's build more community. Let's connect your people with my folks. And so that's kind of how we got started. We hosted our first volunteer day in September of 2019. We just celebrated a year this past September. And within that year, we visited and volunteered at eight farms. And it's really just about connecting the community with a local resource, with local knowledge, with local teachers. The amount of information that these farmers have is just, it's phenomenal. And these are people who've lived in these areas for years and they've seen the changes and they want to still stay connected to the community and they're doing it in a very great way, right? They are known in their areas, but I want to connect folks who just like have no clue. That's always my mission is educating people who have no clue. It's great to tap into a community who has an idea of what's going on. It's awesome, right? Because you feel like camaraderie and you're like, yes, we're all on a mission, but I feel like the work doesn't get done unless you reach people who just have no clue about it. They want to learn more. They're scared, but they want to find out how to do these things. That's kind of why we started it. And we also think it's important that Black folks know how to grow their own food, especially considering a lot of the food deserts that we have in Atlanta and in neighboring cities. We have to make sure people know where to get fresh produce because the goal is to leave Walmart and go straight to the supplier somebody who's growing it. And it feels different when you can see something that you planted sprout and you're able to touch it and eat it and it tastes good. Yeah. I see such a really amazing trajectory where you started off with doing, you know, both paid work and volunteering in service of the outdoors and have continued that in your career in such a way that, yeah, you're showing up as a major leader in your communities and also now turning around and like organizing and leading volunteer groups is what it sounds like as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Like, what is, what's the value of a volunteer? The value to me is that when we talk about volunteerism in black and brown communities, it's looked down upon. Like we already worked for, we did that, right? We had years of this. And so for the first step is acknowledging that. And the second step is giving folks the option and giving them the opportunity to build a relationship to whichever land they're going to farm or steward or volunteer on. And so that's why with Black to Earth, we were very intentional in connecting people with Black farmers. We want you to meet somebody who you feel like you can immediately connect with. It's a vibe. It's an opportunity, right? And you're just like, yes, I love what this person's doing. And I love that they look like me. It feels more comfortable because these spaces often feel like we're not supposed to be there. And so I think building that relationship first and people understanding that you're also giving, but you're receiving, right? So, yeah, I came out and I volunteered for this farmer. But most days, which is awesome, we usually have folks leave with some of the plants, right, that have already been growing out. So you're helping harvesting and you're taking those veggies home. So you didn't just volunteer just to, like, go out there and sweat all day. You went and volunteered and you left with something. 
So you feel whole, you feel like there was an exchange happening, right? And I think with volunteering, especially on the AT, it's about giving and going out on the trail and really like creating an experience for someone else. You're leaving your footprint in a different way. Because sometimes you get on the trail and you're like, man, this is grown out. Like something needs to be done here. How can I get involved so that this space still looks beautiful for me and my friends and my family and I can keep this legacy going? So it's about legacy. It's about keeping things beautiful. It's about showing that you care about these things. It's very much so needed volunteering. Yeah, that was so beautifully said. When you volunteer, and I know that like being the co-founder of a nonprofit, there's a lot of like work and a lot of hours put in that don't get like directly compensated for. But in terms of like being a volunteer and showing up in that capacity specifically, how do you feel after you've been volunteering somewhere? I feel gratitude. I'm always just grateful to be in the space that I didn't feel like I was able to be in before. I feel like I've overcome a fear because I have to acknowledge that I feared the outdoors at one point, that my introduction to the outdoors was what I saw in horror films, what was passed down through me through family traumas. And so I'm overcoming fears when I go out there and not only am I recreating, but now I'm taking care of it. This is my trail as well. This is my farm as well, because I came out and I put some work into it and I love it. And I'm going to continue to be there for the community, for Anybody who feels like they are not in this community, I'm here and I'll get you to where you feel like you're comfortable and this is yours. So I always leave feeling some sort of ownership for sure and definitely gratitude, just happy to be in a space. Yeah, definitely. What do you wish more people knew about volunteering for the trails and the lands that they love near or within? I think you'll get to meet a lot more people. And you'll get to meet some amazing folks. I can definitely say at the volunteer events that I've hosted and volunteer events, when I volunteer with ATC and some of the events that I've been able to go to through ATC, being able to be on panels and webinars and things like that, it's amazing the people that I meet and the drive that they have and how they push me and how they give me a breath of fresh air when sometimes I'm feeling bogged down and like I'm not going to be able to move in this space anymore. So it's about the people that you meet. It's about really building that community. And if you do feel like, well, I like farming or I like hiking, but none of my friends like it. Now you have an opportunity to go out and work with some new people who actually have an interest in this and get to know their background, what they're into. Now you're networking. Now we're trading resources. We're trading knowledge. And so I think if people look at it like that, and also, like I said, just giving back to the community, giving back to the people you know directly. That's why it's important to me when we hit farms, we're going to Metro Atlanta. We're going somewhere where you think they're not, but they're right there in the neighborhood. These farms are located in neighborhoods and fields where there's like electrical lines, right? They're right there next to houses. And so when we bring people out, we want them to know that these are people that you know, this is someone that you can learn a lot from, This is someone that you can build camaraderie with. You can build business with. There's so many opportunities. And so I want folks to look at it like that. You're feeding back into something that is amazing and that deserves to be here for another 100 years. When we remember that volunteering is an exchange of resources, time, energy, and connection, 
It's clear that every one of us has a lot to potentially offer in service of the lands we love. And as both Brittany and Michaela mentioned within this episode, it's up to organizations to set the stage to make these types of experiences possible for everyone. This is something the Appalachian Trail Conservancy has been specifically committed to developing more of through their structures, and Michaela took a few moments to recognize how when organizations want to contribute to systemic change, more people not only feel safe, but excited to get involved. I'm volunteering with ATC, and I'm enjoying this, and being on the Next Generation Advisory Council, which is made up of 16 young folks all along the East Coast, and we get to advise ATC with pretty much everything. It's amazing uh, how involved we are, but I just want to acknowledge that ATC is still growing, right? And there's still a lot of things that they need to change. And I'm happy to have been a part of volunteering and seeing some of this change happening. But I mean, there's still growth. And I'm just excited to see where we're going. Now that there's new leadership, the transition going forward is looking very promising. And I'm putting that out there to say, like anybody looking into working with NextGen, volunteering, and being a part of it. It opened a lot of doors for me, a lot of doors. And I met a, a lot of people. And like I said, got being able to be on panels and being able to meet folks that I would never meet as far as like in agencies and things like that. It's still growing and it's still a process. And I'm happy to be along the ride. When we began planning the Where We Walk miniseries with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, we knew that ending with a conversation about volunteering felt right. Because the trails we use today are on lands that have been protected and conserved for generations before us. And the way we contribute to their health and the well-being of the people and communities who interact with them. From day hikers. To bird watchers. To farmers. To through hikers. To families. We'll lay the next stepping stones for those who come after us. As we wrap up this conversation and put a bow on this mini-series, we wanted to bring it back to the Appalachian Trail Conservancy and our role in volunteering as a whole. The ATC is encouraging those who live nearby to consider getting involved. There are so many ways to engage as a volunteer, all of which you can find through the links in our show notes. And if you don't live near the AT, take this as a sign to learn about your local Trail Conservancy volunteering opportunities and find out how you'd most like to lend a hand. Thank you so much to Brittany Levitt and Michaela Williams for contributing to this episode of Where We Walk, Stories of the Appalachian Trail, made in collaboration with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy with support from REI. If you want to learn more about these women, their handles and their websites are listed in the show notes and via the episode landing page on she-explores.com. This was the finale, part six of the Where We Walk miniseries. Thank you all for joining us. It's truly been a joy to create this series, and we hope you got as much out of it as we did. If you haven't gotten to tune into the other episodes of Where We Walk, you can find them in the She Explores podcast feed, as well as in a special playlist we made on Spotify with every episode queued up and ready to go just for you. And if you want to hear more stories of folks inspired by time spent outside, make sure to keep tuning in to the She Explores podcast. We release episodes weekly every Wednesday. This episode was hosted by myself, Laura Brzezewski, and Gail Straub. Where We Walk is a She Explores miniseries and a production of Ravel Media.